20 minutes before 9 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here with me, Ayabong Atawe. And uh, we're now taking a look at uh, the sector which uh, transports the bulk of uh, uh, South Africans, least of all those uh, uh, working people in the country, and uh, that is the uh, minibus taxi industry. Now, Transport Minister Bladen Zimande recently announced what he called one of the government's groundbreaking interventions to transform the minibus taxi industry. Uh, he said the government decided to revise and dust off the taxi recapitalization program to meet some of the needs of commuters and uh, to stimulate the economic potential of the industry. Uh, I'm interested in uh, what uh, this particular intervention is going to achieve. What's new? Why now? And uh, more importantly, why did it not work uh, in the past? I'm joined on the line by Mzokoro Tibela. He's the General Secretary for the Alliance for Transformation of All Ata. And uh, uh, they, of course, uh, represent the interests in the political realm of uh, taxi owners and operators and uh, uh, those in the taxi ecosystem and also joined by Transport economist and lecturer uh, from the Northwest University of Fensa Mukwena. Also going to be joined in the next uh, few minutes or so by Ismail Mnisi. But uh, allow me at this point uh, to welcome Offense and Mzokolo to our show this evening. Gentlemen, good evening to you and thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Thank you for the invitation. General Secretary, Mzokolo Mankalengawe. Uh, as the Alliance for Transformation for All, uh, you certainly would have line of sight uh, because many of your members are, I guess, operators in this space uh, of uh, the first taxi recapitalization program. And if I see up and maybe get some context here and a brief explanation of the first wave of taxi recapitalization, what did it involve? And uh, more importantly, uh, why did it not succeed? Uh the first recapitalization, uh, it didn't succeed in the manner that was done by the, our government. Because as operators, remember this project, when it was imposed by government, its intention was to remove the old type of vehicles on the road. Now, the conditions that are attached to that uh, if you are having, for instance, 10 vehicles and those vehicles are old, you want to scrap them. So you are being restricted to only scrap once uh, on, the, on that particular permit. You cannot change that vehicle uh, and put it and link it to another permit so that you can scrap it. So it didn't make a success in that regard. You only scrap one taxi with one permit, and if that permit has been scrapped, you don't re-scrap again. So it didn't help the industry at all. So we are still having a lot of vehicles that are old on the, on the road, which is more unsafe. Uh, so we, the operators, they want to scrap those vehicles, but the conditions are not helping the industry at all. Mm. Well, when you say the conditions, I mean, what are some of the conditions here that uh, you see quite prohibitive and uh, that uh, don't assist you as an industry? Say again? No, no, I'm asking what what are those conditions that I guess uh, are are rather limiting for you as an industry that made it difficult for this to be a success? Yeah, as I say, because our main objective is to keep new vehicles on the road. Mm. So, once the, the, the system doesn't help the taxi operators the way I was trying to articulate, uh, we remain now 
uh, not serving the purpose that we want to achieve uh, as taxi people. And, and also the money, the money that has been given by government uh, is not even 50% of the new compliant vehicle, the vehicle that the government uh, is needing. So that is giving us a big problem because our operators uh, are facing high installment rates when they scrap this vehicle. They don't afford the money that you are getting from the scrapping. It doesn't help. The bank doesn't help you to such an extent that you can be able to afford the installment. So you scrap the old vehicle, you remain with the bank vehicle, which you don't afford at the same time. So mm. that is why with this program, we denounce it. It, do, sure. it does not help the taxi people at all. Okay. Masiba Manjabo, allow me at this point to bring in Offense. Offense, good evening to you, bro. How's it? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Offense, certainly uh, your reading of uh, what Uputum Zokolo has said and, of course, uh, uh, some of the insights from your own work uh, looking at this uh, issue of trying to modernize the uh, taxi industry and uh, in so doing, uh, do it through uh, recapitalization. Uh, just briefly give us a sense here of, I guess, uh, also what you think accounted for the earlier failures and uh, uh, from what I, the minister is saying now, what what is fundamentally going to be different here? Oh, okay. So between 1994 and 2010, you're looking at an average scrap rate of about 8,000 a year. Um, but then from 2013 towards, I think, about 2017, um, we had no more than about 4,500 vehicles being scrapped per year. So, yes, um, the rate at which vehicles were being scrapped was decreasing, but <clears throat> about 89% of the vehicles in the market were actually refurbished. Um, but that doesn't account for 89% as in at a particular year. It's the cumulative 89%. So when our colleagues in the taxi sector argue that the scrapping process itself um, was a failure, um, to be quite honest, I think that it's uh, it's a little bit more complex um, because on one hand, the taxi scrapping initiative is actually supported or is underpinned by industrial development initiatives. So on one hand, the manufacturing of minibus taxis is incentivized by an automotive um, incentive scheme that is basically employing um, a lot of people in the economy, and it's actually being driven by the Department of Trade and Industry. That's on one hand. Mm. On the other hand, however, um, when you do have a vehicle, um, whether it's scrapped or or you're just a new entrant, a new entrant in the market in general, you do have market access limitations. Um, and, and fundamentally, hey, offensive to me, radio. Hello. To me, radio. Hello. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Much better. Switch off the radio, chief. Oh. Um, my radio is off. Oh, okay. Oh, go ahead, put him on call. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Please carry on. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Um, so, so on the other hand, you have these market access limits. So it's not easy for a new entrant to get into the taxi taxi industry. On one hand, on the other hand, you have operational limits. It's expensive to maintain a vehicle um, that has to confront um, roadways that have potential um, potholes, or the road infrastructure is not sufficient. Or even if you're operating in a rural area, it's quite. Um, the cost of operating varies in South Africa. So the, the scrapping scheme itself might not be responsive to that. And lastly, there is an average income limit because if, if, if there is a, there's a high incentive 
to refurbish vehicles or to bring in new market entrants into the taxi industry, what happens is that routes become saturated. So as much mm. as we expect local municipalities to manage the number of operators per route, what we're also seeing is that um, there are operators who are realizing less and less income um, per month um, as a result of additional um, operators in the market. So generally, what you're looking at is a situation where we've been regulating the market in terms of entry, um, but we haven't been regulating the market in terms of its economics. And that's where the frustration is coming from. Mm. So we're Scrapping, scrapping model, the new one, needs to reflect on one hand um, flexibility because one owner might have multiple vehicles. On the other hand, it needs to respond to the industrial needs. Um, and lastly, it needs to respond to the way in which um, the, the income or the income potential in the minibus taxi industry um, is viable. So, so it, it, it is a bit of a catch-22 for everyone involved um, because there is a labor side to this um, as well where, for instance, um, there was talk about essentializing public transport, but that fell through, even though it was actually going to be one of the key entry points to enable um, our operators, our drivers in particular, to have secure income and have a long-term sustainability in the industry. Okay. Let me bring in uh, the spokesperson here of the Department of Transport, Ismail Mnisi. Ismail, good evening to you, and uh, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. You would have certainly heard some of the inputs made by Offensa and Upudum Zokolo as well. And uh, I mean, I guess for me, the big question certainly is, uh, you know, uh, what firstly accounted, I guess, for some of the challenges and the failures in the first recapitalization program? And more importantly, what are you going to do differently this time around? Well, often, uh, I mean, Ayabonga, uh, I only heard uh, the latter part okay. uh, of, of the conversation when I was on. Sure. But uh, let me speak to the component, uh, the new component of uh, this uh, revised taxi recapitalization pro- uh, program. Firstly, it speaks to the issues of commercialization of the taxi industry. Uh, that, is, that means that we want to exploit the opportunities available in the entire taxi value chain which includes uh, the formation of uh, the commercial enterprises that uh, will uh, deal with the issues of uh, selling of uh, new taxi vehicles by the industry itself, the issues of financing, the issues of short, uh, short-term insurance, the issues of spare parts, repairs, fuel, and so on, including property management, uh, we, where the taxi operate they themselves then assume an upper hand in owning uh, what will come uh, to them through this company, um, holding company, that uh, we, we uh, Minister of, of Transport announced uh, it, uh, ANTAS, uh, which will be uh, responsible for the taxi recapitalization program. Mm. And the ANTAS then formed a holding or trading company uh, that is called the Taxi Recapitalization SA. Now, it is this company that uh, the taxi industry... That is my... So, uh, I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. Sorry yeah. to disturb you. We need to take a brief spot break, but I'll allow you to continue certainly where you left off on the other side of this brief break. Bob Ismail, please continue uh, with the point that you were making about the holdings uh, company structure that's going to be, I guess, looking at the scrapping of these taxes and also providing some of the allowances. I was saying that uh, through the Taxi Recapitalization SA, which is a trading entity that the department has formed, Mm. uh, it will take its um, 
60% of its commercial benefits generated by the taxi, uh, reverse tax recapitalization program uh, to the uh, tax industry itself. Now, through this uh, um, uh, 60% shareholding, we want the tax industry to commercialize themselves by exploiting the opportunities available, but also uh, that through this revised program, we will be able to deal with issues of illegal operations and, and the verification of illegal uh, uh, taxi operators. And uh, through the, you know, uh, this process, we'll be able to generate um, a, you know, accurate statistics that will assist uh, the Department of Transport to undertake proper planning and, uh, and, and, and design appropriate intervention. And lastly, we want to deal with this uh, issue of change management and, and, and unity mm. in the taxi industry. I, I've had offense, uh, 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 I think, speaking about uh, the issues of the fighting of um, taxi rules and, yes. and the benefits that comes with it. Mm. This program is designed in such a manner that uh, we will be able to deal with uh, 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 this issue of, um, of, of the violence within the taxi industry because... We are saying that the taxi industry must be able to operate in a cooperative uh, and a cooperative manner. It, what it means is that they form cooperatives, uh, uh, unlike the current scenario where individual ownership uh, model is, is practiced in the taxi industry, and the fastest uh, and driver must make more money than the others and so on, and the fighting of lucrative routes. And this is what we want to do away with. When we've got this system, that will respond to all these challenges. Mm. And uh, uh, the other thing is the issues of um, the benefits uh, that must accrue to the uh, 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 operators, meaning the drivers, uh, in particular uh, people such as Q marshals and taxi rank marshals. Where we are saying that when we formalize the industry, they will then uh, be able to have access to issues uh, to a living uh, salary. Uh, you know, to allowances such as the housing allowance, the medical aid, the pension fund, mm. the retirement fund, and including funeral uh, uh, cover. Now, that's the, 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 the gist of this new taxi recapitalization uh, program. Thank you so much for that clarification and uh, it certainly does uh, give us uh, a very good clarification here and uh, Pudum Zokolo, I want to bring you in here. I mean, it seems that the scrap allowances are going up from uh, just over 90,000 to around 124,000 rand. They are also saying here that certainly for some of your members uh, uh, or people you work with, uh, be it uh, some of the drivers themselves and other people who are working in that sector, that uh, this revitalization is also, or recapitalization, I should say, is also about giving them much uh, a more secure work environment. Uh, I mean, what do you take issue with that? You don't have any time, do you? Certainly, Gulond. No, I hear you. But all what I can say regarding this matter, up until the, the National Department of Transport can devolve the powers, can escalate the powers to the provinces for this kind of thing, so that it can materialize. Because when you are talking about the value chain processes, we don't want a situation where the taxi people in South Africa, their value chain is being holded in one entity. We don't even know who are the founders of that entity. Mm. We don't even know the trustees of that entity. 
we don't even know the shareholders of that entity. So you think this so entity is going to divide is going to divide the industry further? Yeah, it must be holders by the industry further on mm. provinces because we cannot have a situation uh, having people benefiting out of all provinces. Then one entity is a holding company at the national level. Then the money is not been the actual value. Uh, doesn't cascade to to the to the members so that they must not get poorer and poorer uh, uh, as what is happening now. So as ATA, uh, we need to challenge the Department of Transport so that this whole thing of the scrapping mm. can be restructured sure. properly because in the old dispensation it didn't help us. Mm. Even the conditions thereof, okay. those conditions they need to be changed. Yeah, offense. Uh, you certainly might be the youngest in this conversation, and so I'm moving away from tradition here. But uh, do give us uh, uh, your last word, and uh, you have the last word. Uh, your perspective, and I like how you outlined earlier on that, um, you know, this issue is not really just about the regulations. It's also about the economics of the sector and, of course, some of the divisions and the fights and contests around routes and all manner of other issues uh, that uh, affect the profitability of this particular sector. When you look at what the government is proposing and let's put aside maybe the labor and uh, even the, the scrap allowance itself. Do you think the formulation of this particular holding company will serve to further divide the industry rather than unite it? Well, at the heart of this is actually the, the importance of having transportation authorities at um, whether it's provincial, district or local municipalities that have this kind of power to regulate and manage this activity, this process at a national level. Yes, it could work if it is in deep partnership with the dominant alliances and councils in the taxi industry. However, it is most effective and it, it is most demonstrative of confidence in the evolution of the minibus taxi industry to beyond just being a taxi industry if it takes place at district and local municipal level. That way, we're sure that if you're dealing with an industrial change, we can align the minibus taxi industrialization and the evolution of the sector with special economic zones. We can align it with regional development plans. We can align it with average men and women in the sector, turning the businesses from being caterers, or making food, to becoming prime premium transportation, um, um, transportation members in the sector. I mean, that's really at the core. If we decentralize it, it might add a lot of value, um, but it still needs deep leadership across all participants in the sector, to be quite honest. Gentlemen, we'll have to leave it there. I really appreciate... Uh, I, I, think, I think it's important. Just one point that I want to... Oh, you'll have to be very brief. It'll have to be like 10 important. seconds. Yeah, yeah. It'll have the, to be 10 seconds. The issue of the devolution of uh, the the taxi the recapitalization SA to all provinces, it has already been done. Uh, we have all the offices now in, in the nine provinces, mm. and I would like to the colleagues, you know, there's a website that they must go into sure. and the number to call. They can find the detailed information, and it will be helpful for them to read through uh, what this process is all about, what has been done so far, so that when they engage further, they must not talk of things already that are there, that has been implemented, as if they are not there. Okay. And I can leave Thank that, you. Uh, with you at the end of the show. You can give it, uh, give it to them. Thank so you I very much.
website or call this number. Thank you very much. And they'll certainly leave that number with Kuma. Big thank you, Kuma and Jaws, for putting together this great product. Unfortunately, uh, that's the end of uh, our show this evening. I leave you with the soulful sounds of Vicente. And uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening and engaging in our conversations this evening here on Metro FM Talk. Apo senza lesh karugenza. Okokoko, yukwi banga le ekonomi.